Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. We're just three gals like to sit around, drink coffee, and talk about true crime. True crime. Mm. And watch it, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. We like to watch. <laughs> true crime documentaries. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ladies and I had just finished watching Conversations with the Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. And now we've gathered to chit-chat about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, ladies. been oh yeah the long wild weird weird trip it's been trip it's been yeah yeah to talk about who some call the handsome devil ted bundy if that means you want to punch him in the face <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that's the first thing amina said she goes i just want to punch, punch him, him in his face, face. we're I like just, get it get i just want to shake him and then shake everyone else as well because there was i mean and we'll we'll get into this as we go but like there's so many other things that were going on that they just weren't aware of at the time, the way the courts were structured, the way it all was structured, the way mental health was viewed, so many things, they just didn't, they didn't know. They didn't know. It's a huge part of why this was mishandled is, yeah. is the lack of understanding when it comes to mental health and all that other stuff. So that mm-hmm. there's a reason why, even from the very beginning, when they cover just how he was just a weird guy, you're like, well... There's more to it than that, I'm sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> hello, yeah. And, and what makes you think that? Yeah, yeah, and like, especially because he has a different story that he tells, mm. right? He saw himself a very different way than everyone around him did, and that's another thing. That's another little like, um, maybe we should reevaluate that. That was a cool thing about this documentary. Uh, his perspective on himself versus the perspective of the people around him when he was growing up. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I've brought that up before. That that's one of my favorite parts of the documentary is when the ladies like. He's like, yeah, I was I was a pretty good kid, and I'd, you know, like, I was pretty popular, and blah, 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 and then it just cuts to that lady, and she's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally wrote yeah. my notes, quote, he was a lot of blowhard talk. Yeah! <laughs> it's like someone said that about him. Even just at a young age. Yes. Yeah, and he, like that he would speak really idealistically about his childhood. Mm-hmm. Anytime that he would bring it up, he was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, my childhood was great. Yeah. What do you mean my mom was my sister for a long time? No. There's nothing in my past that would have triggered anything weird. Well, I mean, if, like, that's not, that's not a terrible, that's not, like, just because that happens doesn't mean that it's terrible. It's just that it was a weird secret kept from him for so long, I mm. guess, you know? Because, like, if your mom's your sister, you could probably still grow up and have an incredibly, like, totally normal life and everything's fine because it's fine, you know? Like, just, but if somebody's, like, she's your sister because she was raped and stabbed like you know like and then had you and you're a child of this thing and they keep it from you like if it's a terrible story I think like it's more so being lied to I'm just saying I feel like there's people that have had incredibly ridiculous life lives growing up and stuff and like or the circumstances under which they were born were weird but they're like completely adjusted people it's how you deal with trauma like Mm -hmm. it's a terrible thing regardless of if it's an awful story or not an awful story Mm -hmm. being told that your mom is your sister your whole life is very traumatic, especially like as a child growing up and like wanting your mom and then finding out 
your mother is your grandmother and your father might be your dad. Wait a right. minute. And what? these like, are the people who are supposed to, like, you're supposed to be able to trust them the most yeah. and they're supposed to care for you mm-hmm. and they're lying to you. So what's the rest of the world doing? Yeah. Mm. Probably, yeah. It's about how people deal with trauma and, like, if you're given the tools to deal with it or not. And I mm-hmm. do not believe that he was given any tools to deal with any trauma. Yeah. You're going to take the route of either you see the abuse and you think it's normal or you see the abuse and you want to do better, like mm-hmm. you want to change. Yeah, and it's right. just how your exactly your surroundings yeah. are. And like he spoke about his grandfather father like very highly as an adult when other people tell stories about him being a terrible person. He saw this terrible person as a good person. So what does that mm. do for you too as you grow up and develop your own personality? I don't think he had his own personality. I really don't think he did. Um, he the whole time just looks to other people for approval. That's it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the press or it's that one psychiatrist that he called that was like, what do you think about me escaping? You oh, know, yeah. like, you know, he just um, didn't seem to have a very good idea about, like, who he was to begin with. Because it was always something else. Um, Mike Birbiglia and Conan O'Brien were on a podcast together. Um, and it was on Mike Birbiglia's. And Conan talks about how he, at a very young age, decided that he was going to be a politician. Mm. And, like, Conan O'Brien was like, I'm going to be a politician. And his oh. parents, who he's like, you know, it was the, the 60s, he's like, so they were just like, oh, look at and young Conan's going to be a politician. And he's like, and my family that knows me were like, mm, I'm not going to be a fucking politician. <laughs> like, no, you're not. But he just kind of put it on because he thought that's what, like, that's, I guess that's what people do. And they just, just decide to do this. And so I'm going to do it. And, like, as soon as he, but he had his, didn't have the same type of, uh, mental issues that Ted Bundy had where he can be like, all right, and just shed it and then try to be a journalist guy. I'm a journalist guy now. And then they were like, let's write a funny, uh, let's write a funny newspaper. And he took on that and found comedy. Whereas it feels like Ted didn't have that fallback, like personality. He just mm. kind of was like, I'm going to be this now mm-hmm. and then would do it and then totally fall off the planet. Like and then there were a few times remember where he would be like, this is how people act. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. going to act how a person who feels guilt would act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't himself. He was just who he saw around him. And he was like, all right, that looks like a normal person. That, I'm going to take that from you. And I'm going to make this personality mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, he just mimicked rather than actually being it. Um, yeah, I wrote, because you started talking about the seeking approval we were watching it. And it was uh, when he was talking about how they were comparing his escape to talking about missing a home run in like a mm-hmm. baseball game because that's how he kind of talked about it to that guy. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, hi, uh, <laughs> please go three episodes back and listen to Ted Bundy part. What one. are the names? So there's just part no one, I don't, I don't know and then part. there's part two, Electric Boogaloo, Boogaloo. Cool. and uh, then part, part three, three, the final Bundier. Bundier. Yeah, Bundier. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Brenna. I love yes. you so much. Uh, and listen to those, and then and then you can come back and be like, oh, okay, I know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you could also, um, if you don't want to do that, you can also watch the Conversation with the Killer. Also that. Sorry, because that's kind of the point. That's well, it I mean, either one. You can, do, you can do both. I say both. I say do both. Saturate. Do it all. Oh, man. Guys, I've, so much Bundy has consumed my brain for the last, like, month. You've been the and Bundiest. I, I mean, yeah, and Bundy's one that I, I've always been fascinated with because, like I've said a few times, that's who was my boogeyman growing up. That's who my dad always talked about and warned about. I mean, he was dead before I was born. 
um, just a few months before I was born. But still, like, he, he affected so many people for so long. And, like, this documentary really shows it, right? We get to see these people. We see footage. You get to see video of him, video of victims, video of people, you know, talking about how it was back then. And it's, it's fascinating. And footage from back then, which yeah. is cool. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it kind of, like, sobers your mind a little bit about it because true crime is so popular and you just hear about it and hear about it. And so, like, being able to watch actual footage from back then, you're like, oh, people. Yeah. They're real people. Yeah, when they, uh, when um, Carol talks about surviving and it shows the footage of the mall, that's the mall I was at. Like, that, I knew those places because mm-hmm. I remembered them as I'm watching the footage again. I'm like, oh, my God, I've been to this mall. They remodeled stuff and things are a little different, but it's the same mall. I like to think about how many times people have been to places that have died. Like, there's so many... People have died everywhere. Isn't Mm -hmm. that awesome? They've died everywhere. (laughs) They've died everywhere and everywhere murders have been to. Murderers have been to. It's so fucking cool. They walk amongst (laughs) us every day, guys. I mean, Ted said that. We are your sons and your fathers. Yeah, I mean, Brenna's the Zodiac. Brenna's right next to us. Yeah, I think that's so... Wait, let me see the line on your forehead. Does it match the picture of the guy? Okay. Oh, it's crazy that the it's seventy five to eighty tapes, a hundred hours of recorded conversation. I I I wrote that too. A hundred hours, seventy five to eighty tapes. He really wanted a celebrity bio. Mm -hmm. He really did. And the way that Stephen talked about how when he finally got him to start talking in the third person, and that's how we got him to open up, right? And how he grabbed the tape recorder and was like, brought it real close to go. He brought it real close. That also should have been a red flag. But it's like, why can he only open up in third person? Yeah. Yeah. It's like when some when you like give, you know, a child a doll to talk through or something else, and then they're able to tell mm. their story correctly or or, you know, well, without... that and he's not confessing anything right. if he That's speaks true. in third person. He's taking That's a true. step back and he's talking about this imaginary person that mm-hmm. if I had done it. Exactly. So it's like his ego really wants to talk about it. It really wants to sit down and have somebody talk about the details of the crime scene to him. Mm-hmm. He really wants yeah. all that, but he can't say it or else he's going to be admitting guilt. Right. right. So yeah. how, how would I do it? Oh, I'll just do how it would have gone if it were me. Yeah. Uh, I'll just get into the mind of the person who did it and You're I'll tell their you. story. Yeah. That's yes. what I'll do. I'm helping you guys out. Oh, man. It's nuts. And then just feeding off of the 70s and how some called it like the summer of fear because oh summer love baby uh, <laughs> summer of fear summer of fear that's when all this like a lot of the serial killers started coming out of the woodwork right and that's like when all that started to get coined and all that stuff started happening and people were terrified you got Bundy the Hillside Stranglers mm-hmm. you know all those people started mm-hmm. coming out Charles Manson stuff you know all of that was starting to come into light in the 70s and the 80s which is just yeah they just terrifying. finally were like you know what maybe this hitchhiking thing's like mm-hmm. not the safest or even like like, you know, like, how long have there been people like this that don't get reported or yeah. sensationalized? Like, yeah. this Ted Bundy thing is incredible, and the Hillside Strangler and stuff is so crazy. How many other stories do we know about, like, people of color that were getting murdered and mm-hmm. serial killers throughout other communities that we just didn't, this just didn't pick up? Like, it just didn't, it didn't become super popular. Yeah. Like, and... It, it wasn't for a long time that law enforcement could keep up with how many murderers and, you know, psychopaths and killers and stuff there were. Mm-hmm. Even, as we could tell from this series, during this case, like, we yeah. could see how many times the law enforcement was like, what do we do? And it's like, Even ah. when he was like, I'm Ted Bundy. And the guy was <laughs> like, like, all right, bro, take a seat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
good. Good. All right. Bye. Yeah. And just like for the amount of time that they weren't talking to each other, that like the people, the different departments, police departments had like missing girls in different states, but no one was talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And then there was that finally the revelation of, oh, maybe it's same person just like hopping around why aren't we talking to each other and i know too is that like he he had learned how incompetent they all were through volunteering for them oh yeah and advocating and being around and like you know so of course he got a big enough ego to be like you know what i could just huh really i could just get away with this because i could see how many of these go unreported anyway yeah and yeah, and, and if I kind of, you know, make myself known to be this, like, normal guy, everything's fine. Right. Yeah, let me just do this politician thing. And yeah, I'm doing this, and now I'm going to go to school, and, you know, let's also murder ladies as we go along. So boop people stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he, like, he, it's, it's just unsustainable to not be fully expressed as yourself. It's almost that it's exhausting and unsustainable because at the very beginning, he was doing great just blending in and then mm-hmm. towards the end I mean obviously once people more and more people knew who he was and his picture was out there and stuff yeah. he couldn't really keep it together and I think again getting ahead of myself that that's how he got manic mm-hmm. is that like towards the end there where he's like representing himself and being like a goofball in court and all this other crazy stuff like I think that's when it was swinging the other way because it was totally sustainable for him for a minute mm-hmm. and then it just got it's harder and harder to not be yourself. That's when you start making weird choices and doing messed up things and you start getting removed and have to do, like, amp it up a little bit and be like, okay, fine, then I'm just going to double down and here I go. Like, because he was totally blending in before and then it just got frayed and frayed and frayed and frayed, it feels like, towards the end. Yeah, I mean, and there there were moments, too, when he was, like, in school because he would do really well in school and then suddenly he'd do really bad in school and it's, like, that's also when the murders started happening, too, and, and that kind of plays into maybe that's some other manic episodes that are happening, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, because with manic... With uh, manic bipolar, you're, like... um, It's, like, a lot of delusions of grandeur and, like, trouble with decision-making and just kind of impulsive. Your walls of, like, checking yourself are, like, thin and start... Mm -hmm. You don't have any. You don't go, like, of course I shouldn't do this because you don't get naked in public. That's stupid. (laughs) You're, like, of course I get naked in public. These people are lucky to see me naked. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't care how dangerous of a place this is. Let's do it. I'm jumping across the the two buildings. Let's go. Like, I have a question. This just came to me and, like, I don't... do not know anything. Genuine question. Because they bring up that he did it every 27 to 36 days. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in, like, bipolar where there's a pattern sometimes? Where it is every, like... Or is it... It's just... Whenever. Wherever. There is... Okay, so there is a whole thing in studies about, like... Because uh, it's chemicals, right? It's chemicals in your brain. Right. And there's a lot of different um, studies about hormone levels in all people. Right. Like doesn't matter what you have happening in like what you present as or what you don't present as there's a there's hormones in your body and you go through a cycle mm-hmm. um you can get real woo woo about it and say it, it's like the moon you know how the moon mm. is in charge of the tides and like all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like um but a lot of it is like your system goes through a cycle every 26 to 28 days ladies <laughs> yeah. uh and gentlemen and uh people who menstruate there's all sorts of people who menstruate that aren't ladies but um but yeah so so i feel like there's there might be a correlation to that with with mood swings and hormones and you know cycles of life and stuff mm-hmm. it is weird mm-hmm. like even if there's some people that are so attuned to like 
though like their moods are so based off of like what day of the week it is and all other stuff like mm. you know so there, there seemed to be a lot going on with this gentleman even at a young age yeah even at a young age like uh that's like when he like he had that speech impediment he got made fun of and being in boy scouts he got made fun of and he set up that what was it like the tiger trap and the little girl fell in. Oh, he was yeah. 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 Like those whole things. It was so. Well, yeah, the little girl had her legs split open. Yeah. Right. And I also wonder, like, when you when you did these descriptions of, like, the grandiose things that he was capable of doing, it makes you wonder if that was grandiose to his child brain or if it was just, like, like how big was this? You know, I know that they kind of described mm-hmm. her falling into this thing and he called it a tiger trap, but, like, mm-hmm. did this man really dig a six-foot... Like, an actual, like, six-foot hole and put spikes in the ground? Or was it just, like, the best that he could? And then he blows it up in his mind when he tells the story later. Yeah, because, like, as a kid, when you think of a tiger, a tiger size, you know, even even a hole that might seem smaller to us, as a child, it seems very Yeah, you're going to remember it as bigger. Because you're Big enough for a a little girl to fall into. Yeah, that's all it needed to be. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, is that he doesn't grow out of that. He constantly does that over, um like blowing up things that he did as like grand grandiose like really smart things that he would fall into or that he would do you know like instead mm-hmm. of what the reality of it was like yeah that reminds me of Billy McFarlane from the Fire Festival stuff like he mm-hmm. in this in the documentary that that I think they did on Hulu one of them they interviewed him and he talks about how he was able to set up this keyboard one of those you know those little learn to speak keyboard things that just had like oh. the the little long the, it wasn't even like a screen it was like a keyboard with like a tiny little thing on it you can uh-huh. read little messages or whatever just to learn uh-huh. he was like i would able I, I hacked it so that it would read a message off to me and say like if you want this fixed give billy mcfarland a dollar or like so, he said something like that he goes yeah i hacked those keyboards i was like you literally could just type that in and then turn off the keyboard, and then when you turn it on, that's what's next. That's what's on there still. <laughs> like what? Yeah. So it's that kind of thing where it's like you probably believed you did all these really awesome things when you were a kid. There's a disconnect there. You're not. You didn't grow out of that and go like, no, I don't have to tell big tall tales anymore as like a child to impress older people mm. or whatever. I just live my own life. <laughs> and I feel like too the people that he was trying to impress impress enabled right because mm-hmm. you know they probably were like oh yeah it sure was okay like he probably Weirdo. was enabled yeah. a lot <laughs> as a kid exactly and like not taught you shouldn't do that like mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of that happening it was a lot of yeah yeah okay okay sure you can do that that's fine yeah sorry we almost like gave you away sorry 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 sorry, sorry yeah sorry, sorry. it's fine everything's fine frogman it's fine uh, <laughs> oh yeah that's right because he's called frogman he was um I also, I enjoyed the, because I call her Stephanie Brooks more often because that's what she, how she's um, identified in, in Anne Rice's stuff, but Diane Edwards is mm-hmm. the lady that he dated, and getting mm. to see her, you know, the pictures of her and stuff, um, I thought was really interesting, and in them talking about that whole thing and his relationship with her, and hearing it from these other people's experience was really interesting for me to hear. Amanda had brought up a really good point um, while we were watching the last, the, the last of it about, like, we've all been dumped. Yeah, <laughs> like but. we've all been dumped. Like, goddamn! Like, mm-hmm. Jesus because it Christ. just took the one yeah. to set him off. Yeah, it just means he was looking for any reason to probably to begin with. Like, you have those thoughts, those intrusive thoughts, anyways. Um, and then he followed through on them. I wrote something. Uh, I was writing a note about goalpost moving. 
Uh, moving the goalpost is a metaphor derived from goal-based sports, that sports. That means to change the criterion of a process or competition while it's still in progress in mm. such a way that the new goal offers one side an advantage or a disadvantage. So goalpost recently has been a thing of like, you keep moving your goal like out of your reach yourself. Like you can, you're never going to accomplish anything or feel good about yourself because you keep moving your goal forward. His was like opposite where he kept digging his well deeper because mm. he would hit bottom, kill somebody. He would like rape them. Like it's like it would escalate every time and he'd hit a new bottom and then he wouldn't be afraid of that bottom anymore. Because, you know, he went from being, like, college kid and all this other stuff, and then, like, then by the end of it, he was homeless and stealing cars and all this other stuff, so it's like he would do a thing, get away with it, talk himself out of it, and then go, I could probably do that again and get away with it. I could dig a little deeper. Right. Yeah. I could, that's fine. My bottom's not so bad. I lived. I yeah. lived, and nobody got hurt that I care about. So, all right, I'll have a new bottom now. Bam. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because it yeah. was just interesting how... Mm. Sometimes I feel like that's how some people work, right? Like, they, they do the bad thing that really is painful and terrible, and if nothing happens and there's no consequence, they then just go like, all right, cool, good, glad to know. Like, I could just do that again, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's what we do as children growing up, right? We test our boundaries. It's just to the extreme, right? right. It's like, oh, let me test this boundary. Let me go a little bit further. Let mm -hmm. me go real far. <laughs> let me go all the way to the other field. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And he just kept getting away with it. Like, when, they, when the Linda Healy happened... Right? Mm -hmm. That was his first big thing that we think Maybe. happened. But there's also the talk of the little girl. You, Yeah, you brought and, that up when he was like, what, 19? Yeah, and the flight attendants. Like, mm. those are also things that may also be linked to him, but we won't know because there's no evidence or evidence wasn't handled properly and all kinds of stuff. But, like, the flight attendant story sounds a lot like the Chi Omega story. They're very similar. And that's mm. a lot of his motive is, you know blunt force trauma to the head. Like, it's all, like, very similar, sort of, that's what he does every time. That's his organization of his murders. Um, no wonder by the end he was able to just get inside of a, a sorority house and just, like, maneuver his way through because mm -hmm. he's been breaking and entering and being a goof for so long. Yeah, and with that one, they talk about how the person seemed to be organized yet manic, right, or yet mm -hmm. erratic, and that makes perfect sense, like mm -hmm. you said, because he's patterned, he knows how to do that, but he's losing it. Like you said, he's hitting those rock bottoms. So it's a perfect mix of this storm. When you're manic, too, there's always the, um, it's like a it's like a really heavy pendulum. If it's swinging one way, if you swing one way and you're representing yourself in court and doing all these other things, you're going to swing the other way. Mm -hmm. And either it can present itself in anger or depression, you know, and manic can also be depressive. Or right. it can be um, anger as well because mm -hmm. it's like erratic, bad choice making, you know, over sexualized like there's so many like times when throughout this documentary that it does really feel like oh yeah he was going through like a manic episode right here mm -hmm. oh yeah he seemed really depressive at that point mm -hmm. or he like wouldn't have the energy or he'd like get lucid and try to get like a normal job or you know like mm -hmm. it's like it feels like he had a lot going on for him but he doesn't look like a bad guy you know that classic what does a bad guy look like? Right. Not it's head. just because movies told us that they look like, you know, hunchback creature people, mm -hmm. witches and shit, when in reality, they look just like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's the scariest part. Um, and another common thing was like, well, one, he didn't look like the bad guy. And also, but things don't happen here like that. This doesn't oh, happen yeah. here. This doesn't happen to us. That was another thing I heard a lot throughout the whole series. 
It happens everywhere else, but not here. But it is, it is happening there, and it can happen anywhere, and it can happen to anyone. It can happen anywhere, and it does. Like, it, it's totally possible. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, you know. Well, I mean, he even went as far as to take, like, the sheriff's daughter. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he did not know at the time that that's who she was, but. Or oh, did he? Yeah. Or did he? We don't know. We don't know. You're right. We never will. Mm. <laughs> uh, I also found it interesting that, like, the women's liberation movement was going on also while, like, all this was happening, right? So he's, like, taking away power from some of these women, or maybe he feels like he is because, like, women are trying to come into their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he said it's about possession, control, and violence. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Against someone that he feels he has control over. Right. Just he needs control. Small right. girls. Yeah. Really. <laughs> That's it. Really. Yeah, it was all young women. It's a control thing. Mm-hmm. And that was like his common theme, just trying to get control over the situations. And if he couldn't get control, then he'd shift gears and go somewhere else. Because he even like had that moment where he joined like the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what people do. Let me get, con- I mean, gain control of my life, and I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to join the Mormon Church. I'm going to. Well, also all those, you know, those nice Mormon women who are very mm. um, submissive and kind yeah. and young. They live to marry young too. So that's true. Just historically, from <laughs> you know numbers, we're talking numbers here. Um, so of course he's like, cool, nice. Uh, it's like going to the cow to get some milk. He tried it with everybody, right? He'd always try his thing where he kind of manipulates people um, with everybody and only certain people would stick, right? I think we've talked about this a bunch of times. Like, because he just always was the way he was with all people. It's just some people mistake that as charisma when it's manipulation. Mm. Right. In fact, that translates over through, through to the end of his life. Like, he was reaching out. So he'd get to a position where no one was seeing his bullshit anymore. And it unfortunately mm-hmm. took until Florida. And even then, the judge was falling for it. Yeah. But, like, you know, he he was so, like, devoid of having anybody to manipulate that he calls a girlfriend on the phone. And he's like, I've done some stuff, and this is going to be bad. But it's like... Are you really feeling something, or are you just trying to get some? Like, are you calling Robinsoning it and just trying to like drain <laughs> something from somebody because there's no one giving you anything here? Like, right? And she was it was Liz, and she was always so like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, okay. But I think by that point she started backing away from him too, right? Um, but he was, yeah, you're right, trying to probably grasp at those last it's little things. I can have control over you, right? Just somebody, yeah, I, can, uh, I, can I can't get out of here you. again, but I can at least have somebody give me a little bit of juice. Yeah. To take it back just a little bit, I, uh, in that second episode, One of Us, because he blended in with everyone, so I enjoyed mm. the title of that one, because it, you know, they talk about how he just looked like everyone, and, and also no one at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then once he went to that, the park, and those two girls were taken, right? People mm-hmm. started seeing him. He started oh, slipping. Right. He said his name. People heard him say his name. They saw his bug. They saw these things. So they started getting more of an understanding of who this person might be, and how they were working. Now it's like 14-hour days or longer. They are working around the clock. People were calling in, giving tips, tip after tip, and like false tips, real tips. It was hard to tell the difference. And like when they finally got down to a hundred suspects, how cool that was, but that's still a hundred people. And there's even a point in time when they said that they had nothing and the only way they would catch this person is if he did it again. Right. How terrifying yeah. is that to hear that? There's also him saying, um, how different would his manhunt have been if he was killing men and cops? Mm. Cause in every single one of these interviews, 
it's all with dudes, right? It's all with male police officers and investigators, which yeah, like, like fine, one girl. you know, I'm just saying like how different would that have been? They're just exasperated. They're completely exasperated because they just don't understand how could a monster do this? Whereas like it took the many these many years of this to happen for us women to all have that same like, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, of course there's a dude doing that. Like, you know, but and there's women that have been reporting red flags and stuff for so long, but they just they're they're constantly like exasperated and like, oh, we just don't know what to do. And like they're just they're so lost. And it's like, bro, like yeah, but, like, there's just a better way. If it was men and cops, like, and that kind of stuff, it would have been an insane manhunt. It would have been mm-hmm. insane. It would have been absolutely insane just yes. because, you know, they would have been, like, this crazy man is on the loose. And, like, but instead it was, like, women stay indoors and don't go out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not going to fix it, <laughs> yeah. y'all. And they had one woman on the force, and there was, I forget who said it, but one of the guys was like, yeah, and then we got the one girl because we needed a girl on the force. <laughs> like, yeah, or it was one. Li- it was literally two uh, interview, like, females. Yeah, right. They're like, yeah, and then we got the, we got we, we got to get the girl on there. Like, come on, man. Come just, on. It just makes me wonder. It's like, I just feel through, like, it's just, it's evidence-based and also just historically, I feel like uh, it's just not as much of a concern. Mm-hmm. You know, that when women are getting murdered, if it's not the women that are in the positions of power or the ones that are doing the investigating or any of that kind of stuff, then because they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Even nowadays, I feel like I have to convince people that things happen. Like, because they just, or, you know, men don't, they're not preyed on the same way. They are preyed on by each other. Mm-hmm. They're not preyed on the same way, like, in the way that we are, where it's like, we're a little bit, there's a power struggle there. Mm-hmm. And... So they don't see why we're as concerned. When, honestly, dudes should also be very concerned of each other. Men get murdered more than women do by other men. Mm. So y'all. <laughs> y'all collect your own. Holy <laughs> shit, own. yeah. And this took away, like, this type, the Bundy stuff is also pretty interesting because you can't blame what they were wearing. You can't no. say you shouldn't have been out late at night. These women were sleeping in their bedrooms right, or yeah. out at a park. Yeah. yeah, or walking like, home to go study. Like, yeah. yeah, one of them was walking what, a hundred like feet 100, to yeah. her yeah. house. Yeah. yeah, come on. Oh, she was yeah, one hundred forty something like that. There was like forty feet or something. Where she, yeah, I, I keep yeah, it's so exhausting. That is exhausting. Um, I also so at the end of that second episode, there's like the last little interview, and he makes a comment about how no man is truly innocent, and he. When he spoke in these interviews, he was so careful with how he would phrase things. We've talked about this, too. Mm-hmm. So that he doesn't, you know, make him out to be a bad guy. But it's mm-hmm. like, well, all people are like this. So, I had a thought about that. Okay. Okay. Um, the th- So there's a thing about uh, when you have friends that make rape jokes. Mm. You, It's not that you go, you can't make a rape joke. Don't do that. It's, it's that if you don't say anything... There is someone statistically in a grin of the room if that joke is made in a group of people and everyone laughs that goes, oh, then that behavior must be okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it is, or oh, it's just a joke. That's funny. We all laughed about it. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to believe when he was saying that, that like he had in so many different ways been in a room where those jokes were made, mm-hmm. where like that was verbalized, where something was said. How many times were it, that's how many times was, you know, people saying that they'd, you know, like a wife beater, like, like that the fact that the, 
tank tops called oh, a wife God. beater. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those yeah. kind of little verbal things where we go, like, that's fine. It's because when it actually gets used in the actual sense of saying, like, this man beat his wife, it's a normalized, ver- normalized words that come out of our mouth. Mm. So you need to have that reaction of, like, oh, like a, like a people, like the, not people police, but just, like, you need, like, a, like a person to person like check you with like hey your flies down or you got a booger in your nose it's oh but that's fucked up though we all know that right like that's a fucked up thing to do because we for the longest time assumed and now we can't do that anymore and on one hand comedians are getting mad that they can't make those kind of jokes anymore but on the the other hand comedians should be angry at the people that are ruining it for the rest of us Mm. you know what I'm saying like Mm. at some point Ted was in the room when they're like yeah I gave my wife the old one too or like oh how do you know how do you Mm. get a woman to stop talking like it's those kind of those those kind of jokes Mm. like ran into the doorknob or whatever you know those kind of things that gets said so many times that we're just desensitized to it Mm -hmm. and so then it's like okay for the other person in the room Mm -hmm. because yeah. I think, I can't remember the statistic right now, so I think it's one in six, like, of, you know, males have had some sort of sexual aggression towards a woman, like, one in six, because they don't know any better, or it's like one in eight, I think it was mm-hmm. one in eight, I'd have to look it up, but, you know, don't quote me. <laughs> <laughs> I quoted you. Yeah. No, but it's true, like, if you, if you hear a friend or someone make that kind of a joke or an inappropriate joke, don't be afraid to call them out. Like that's that should be more normalized is calling people <laughs> Dude, out. I, I don't. I know, and I know Brenna's done this too. Like I've done it a few times where I'll just be like, "I'm sorry, what did you say?" Yeah. And then they'll say it, and I'll be like, "Oh no, I heard you. I just want to make sure you heard yourself." Yeah. Ah, yes. I've said that mm-hmm. to people yeah. straight up. Like, or all it really <laughs> takes, honestly, is a little ew. Anyway, and moving on, like yeah, just yeah. getting like feel weird about just saying a weird that. little like whoa, nope. Mm-mm. anyway and then moving on like yeah. we don't have to like personally for some stuff I don't I feel like I don't need to pump the brakes on the whole conversation but I do like you said it's just a really quick like oh ew anyway uh without whatever this guy was saying how about this next thing yeah. you know like like yeah. just there needs to be like some gentle reprimanding or and also on top of that we need to be able to hear that without thinking it's an attack on our personality and self and spirit you know right. just going like oops i said a bad Ooh, you're yeah. right i should not have yeah. said oops, that yeah and, like ignite that conversation of maybe if you don't know why it's bad let's talk about it mm-hmm. like let's have more conversations let's make that more normalized um but yeah i will i'll do stuff for i'll say like well that's not that's not funny yeah that's not funny how many times have i have i mean i think we've all been in writers rooms and stuff how many times have we been in writers rooms where like somebody makes a joke and everybody laughs except for like maybe the two people that like that joke probably was about like or uh-huh. like that they like are they that's like part of their identity or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know or it's like, at their expense right mm-hmm. it's at their expense or like someone writes a sketch and it's not very funny but everyone's laughing and you're just like why are you all laughing at the joke when it's not funny? Mm-hmm. I know some people want to be polite and some people don't. We also, there's something inside of a lot of us that just don't like the uncomfortability of seeing somebody fail, like right mm-hmm. in front of us, especially if they're a peer, right? You're like, oh, I don't want them to feel bad. Like it wasn't very funny, but I don't want them to feel bad. So I'm just going to laugh. But when, and when you do that, you um, kind of, say that it's okay or you're you're not only just saying that it's okay you're going like this bad joke that you wrote is good to put on stage and have people say you're enabling yeah you're enabling bad behavior mm-hmm. or something bad there's nothing wrong with failing there's nothing wrong with failing exactly that's the best way for your brain to learn mm-hmm. is to fail that's there's nothing wrong with failing but yeah into that i think that's yeah. like one of ted's biggest problems to bring it back around is that mm-hmm. he could he w- wouldn't want to fail he didn't want to fail he got to jump ahead he 
got so mad about not being the one to win his own case that he fired his own attorney. Yep. After his attorney was trying to help him. Exactly. And, and like... Made a good point. <laughs> yeah. The eyewitness, he, like, totally, like, uh... uh undermined her. Undermined like, yeah. her, yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna fire my attorney. Literally, like, he, he wanted to be the one to win his case. Yeah. Like, a weird little, like, you know, he has so much ego. This man yeah. has so much ego. Yeah, he constantly would make the opposite choice of what his lawyers wanted him to do. You don't actually have a full understanding of what's going on. Correct. And that's, I think, what one of the people yeah. brought up is she was like, he was making all of the wrong decisions, or he was making all the decisions that we weren't, talking about, like, his defense was saying mm-hmm. that, and... Therefore, we should have known, red flag, Right. he doesn't see this universe like the rest of us are yeah. seeing this. No. There's something underlying here. Like, he's seeing it as a game, and he just doesn't fully understand what it, what it is. But then he's also really smart. Like, he's such an interesting human, because he's got all these choices that he makes that are absolutely terrible, but then he's, like, also smart about stuff and how he got away with things or, or or prepped for his escape, like, had all these things that he was able to plan out and see and visualize and, like successfully do them. He successfully mm-hmm. jumped out of a two-story building because of prep he did while he was in his cell. Yep. Like, well, like, what else do you have to do? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like, if all he does is kill people and have sex with their dead bodies, and, like, I think I brought up, I was like, this is his job now. This is what he does for a living. And, like, the only other, like, once you're down that path of stuff, you now have made yourself a bunch of other choices. Mm-hmm. And part of that is... You don't get to just go back into like working in a private sector. You don't really get to mm-hmm. go do that anymore. That's mm-hmm. not that's the that's what you're giving up by taking away someone else's rights to live, you know? Mm-hmm. You've now in in exchange there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So now it's just I think it just is like all right, let's just see like how far I can go now. Like yeah. you know, or not even that. He doesn't even have to be that cerebral. Now he just has to, like, get creative to get out to do it more. If he's like, well, mm-hmm. this is what I do, then how do I get back to that? Yeah, it's like his survival instincts kick in, right? Like a rat mm-hmm. who's stuck in a cage. It's going to figure out any possible way to get out. And that's one of the interesting things about um, any sort of mental health um, argument is he had, well, he had the manic bipolar disorder and, like, the, the bad decision-making and stuff, and... He still had his faculties about him that he was trying to self-preserve his life. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things that, like, in certain people that can nowadays win a um, not being able to stand in court, that kind of thing. Or not, oh, yeah. Uh, people that win that are people that don't have those faculties about them. There was that Jim Can't Swim where they were talking about the the Parkland shooter. Mm-hmm. And, like, they brought in that kid that is an, as an example of what a real, like, the, oh. what the actual person not being able to stand trial it's there's no protecting himself. Ted was still protecting himself in some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until he finally was like, oh, man, I'm not going to get out of here. I'm going to start confessing things. So that's probably another thing that kind of screwed him up. And it was the 70s where we weren't even looking at that stuff to begin with. Yeah. He's probably just, I'm pretty sure, like he's just the textbook case that everyone gets to use now. Because before that, no one ever probably thought about that. No, no. And like, it was just competency. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. That's what we talked about while we were watching that episode. What is the idea of being incompetent? What was it then? What is it now? Mm. Right. Yeah, we were saying like, just because he is in the room, he understands you, he can look you in the eye and hold a conversation does not actually make him competent to stand trial. Mm-hmm. Right. But 
at the at the time I don't think we understood that. We just saw like, well, this guy's in front of me. He doesn't look crazy. He's not going blue 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 blue. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's yeah. yeah. He's not squawking like a chicken and walking around. Yeah. yeah, it's which is funny because I mean, if you look back at the history of mental health and how it was regarded just even before the nineties, uh, let's say even before the two thousands. Um, you know, there's words that we don't really use anymore to describe people and that we, like, it was either one thing or the other and we didn't realize that there was a spectrum involved and, mm-hmm. like, that there's there's different levels of management and of, um, of competency, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff as well. So we didn't realize that. We just thought you were like, he's all right? Well, that boy's not all right. It's mm-hmm. like you were one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's even, I mean, even still... Now, you know, talking about mental health is slowly getting more and more, but it's still a taboo subject that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Let's not talk about mental health. Taking a mental health break, what does that mean? Are you crazy? No. Right. No. It's not black yeah. and white. Are you crazy or are you lazy? That's the other Ugh. thing is some people just believe you want a day off and it's like, yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what the point yeah. is. Let's <laughs> really need it. I want the, yeah, we're not meant to work all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of not wanting to work all the time, there was the guard that wasn't watching Bundy, <laughs> like, when he did jump out the window, okay. right? That's what the whole, the whole third episode is called Not My Turn to Watch Him because of a joke that guy wow. made. That's what it's called. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. And, like, getting into talk, when he was talking about that whole thing, and he was like, well, it was my turn to watch him. Like, he's just making a joke. Because, I mean, I'm sure it really wasn't his time to be watching the prisoner. But someone was supposed to be. Someone, whoever it was, but no one was watching well, and him. And he was like, I prepped my knees <laughs> to jump two stories out. So I would jump off of my top bunk all the time. First of all, as an ex-gymnast, that's not going to strengthen your knees, Bundy. It's mm-hmm. going to make them quite worse. Yeah. But you're an asshole, so fuck you. Um, also, but no one saw him doing this that? This is what I was yeah, saying! It's like, like, where were you when he was making all this freaking noise in his cell, mm-hmm. jumping off, is that just a okay? You're just gonna let him, just gonna let him just jump off? <laughs> I don't know. It's not like he's outside. That's that's like one of my that's one of my things that my I'm saying like, like you know. his tiger hole. I was like, were you really jumping off the thing over and over again, or did you do it like twice and went, yeah, I got yeah, it. I like you know what I'm saying. You're like, right. Did you really? Delusions is there is there grandeur. somebody that goes, yeah, I kept walking by and he was jumping off the thing. Like, is there somebody that was there to go, yeah, he was making all this noise because he kept jumping off the top bunk over and over and over You're again. Right. That only came or out is of he exaggerating? Because he exaggerates everything else. He does, but then he also does do things. Like, he starved himself and ate very little for weeks so he could fit through that hole the second time he escaped. Yes. All of it can be true at once. That's true. You know what I'm that's saying? that's true, too. Absolutely. Like, you know, he could have he done it the one time. He really starved himself to get out and, you know, but how incompetent were they? And how was there, was there no one else around? And, like... I mean, I, I wouldn't expect a dude to jump out of a second story window, but he's also starved himself to get out of prison. Well, yeah, at this so point, too. You could do anything. Oh, you're right. That yeah. was after. But that was, so. like, step one, and then step the next one yeah. was, like, let's go oh, a little further. But, yeah. like, this man's on trial for murder. He's gonna do anything to get out of there, right? Because right. if he stays, he's gonna be trapped like a rat. So, or on trial for any crime whatsoever. Yeah, I think... Sorry, when I jumped... I digress. No, 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 It's more fine. so, like, I think he's just, like, I don't know anybody... There's no one that, like, I would obviously go, like... This person is going to be on trial for anything. anything. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. going to try to get out if, you know, like, yeah. that would just be the thought that I'd have, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. someone's going to try to get out of the situation that they're in if they don't like it. Yeah, it's that, the animal instinct, like the, like I said, like the rat trying to get out of a, out of a you know, trap. There was a form of torture where they would Bucket put... Bucket with the rat. Yes. The fire. Sure would do that. 
you know, and pe- human beings aren't, aren't much different than that. Um, do you know about that, Amanda? Wait, no. Oh. Go ahead, Nicole. You tell everybody. Oh it's God. funny when you, you just do over it. here acting like it's like just this normal ass thing that people just know well, about. Well, so uh, it's like right, like so the the rat would be in like the bucket right, and that'd be put against a, someone's body, right? And so then someone would be fire, laying down, laying down, and then they'd be tied oh, up, and they put, put a rat, rat on their stomach, and then the they trap put the it, rat. Yes, they do it on a movie at one point, yeah. And they trap the rat with a bucket, and then heat up the bucket so that the rat digs through the body and kills them. Wow. Yeah. Because the rat will do anything to survive. It's got to escape. It's got to live. It's mm-hmm. fighting for its life. Wow. Don't blame the rat. Oof. I know. Don't blame the rat. It's a good band name. Don't blame <laughs> the rat. Band name. Um, um, the other thing was I noticed that, like, yeah, fo- oh, I, I had a note about man has a real tiny mouth. <laughs> Can't remember his name, but that man had a real oh, tiny it's mouth. It's just because he had a very large mustache that went over the mm-hmm. very tiny oh. mouth. And thus... Real tiny mouth. Maybe his big mustache was to cover his tiny mouth. Um, Maybe. Tiny mouth man. And then he also wrote, folks just don't give a... Uh, folks just don't give enough of a shit about women to take this guy seriously as a threat. They're like, whoop, he got out. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like Aspen, I guess, right? That's where the first one was. Yeah. Like he, they are just such a laid back, we're just a ski town, everything's fine. It ruined everyone's weekend or everyone's week <laughs> by... by Getting all those cars searched, all those people with warrants getting picked up, I'm sure, that are like, God damn it, I was just an Aspen to get away for the weekend. Yeah. What did they say? 200 pounds of marijuana? Of marijuana? Come on, man. Oh, that's... Uh, now they I picked up that. however yeah. many people, like, that's they're like, so we funny. were able to apprehend a bunch of other dudes and then also pick up a bunch of marijuana. Thanks, like, but we Bundy. didn't find Bundy for a little while longer. Yeah, no. Thanks, Bundy. But, you know, Bundy did have good mantras. And I'm all for a good mantra, yoga and all, because he kept he would say how you know I, had, I just kept saying you have to go, don't stop, you have to go. Like he's got this whole segment where he's talking on the tape, and he's like, that was my mantra. <laughs> These great mantras until kept the rain going. and cold got him. Oh gosh, oh, literally, poor baby. God was like, you know what, Bundy, I am so sick of your shit. <laughs> like, Better get, yet, Mother Nature right. was like, fuck. Exactly, you. you're right. <laughs> get back to town. Get back. There. Nope. Absolutely not. Also, part of me was just, I mean, where else was he going to go? You're out in the wilderness in, like, Aspen, Colorado. Like, where, like, unless you have a really good sense of direction in the wilderness, because he was just running up into the mountains, mm-hmm. you have to go back to town. Well, how lucky was it that he even found a cabin? Like, right. he happened upon one that had no one in it, and he stayed there and ate food for a little bit until right. it got too, like, all the food was gone, and he, like, got too cold. Right. And he came in contact with people that were looking for him. And he like oh, that's right. Yeah. And like just charismatically, oh that's not me. Da, 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 and like got away. Yeah. Just, what are you guys looking for? That's all you gotta do is just ask what they're looking for. And then you're immediately totally fine. Everything's fine. Oh, but I'm cold and I'm hungry and oh this car's unlocked. I'm gonna just steal this car. Yeah. I'm gonna go this way. Nope, you know what? I'm gonna make a U-turn and turn around. You know he? what? But it's okay because I have sunglasses on, so they definitely are <laughs> yeah. not gonna recognize me. <laughs> that cop, and he's like, I had to look at him twice because I didn't recognize him at first. With the glasses. glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, bro. But can you imagine if he didn't U-turn? He could have gotten away. And who knows what the story would be. Mm -hmm. But, like, he made that choice to make a U-turn and was driving erratically, and that's why he got pulled over. The car hadn't been reported stolen yet. Nothing had happened yet. Mm -hmm. He just made that choice, and that's how he got caught. That impulsive stuff, but he, where he's like, oh, shit, did I leave the curling iron on? Just, like, turning around like that. that? (laughs) Was it, let's see if I can get away with Erratic driving. <laughs> yeah, at this point, right. Well, I also just think that he was, by this time, he was already, like, 
100% bought into his bullshit. Oh, yeah. He oh, was yeah. totally the, like, he totally had this, I'm sure, because he got away. So he's like, wow, that worked. Oh, my God. I'm going to move these goalposts. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, he just kept making these different choices. And and he was so, like, erratic and manic and changing his goalposts that people kept calling him different things. Psychopath, sociopath, narcissistic. Mm-hmm. No one picked a diagnosis right. because he represented so many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was because he would just do, yeah, he would do different things at different times, too, like, at different times of his life. So that's, like, why his stuff presented differently in Utah and Colorado than it did in Florida. Mm-hmm. Also, Florida's crazy, man. Florida, man. The penis of America. The penis of America. <laughs> and he went there because when he escaped that second time, he knew he couldn't survive the cold. That was, yeah. So he, learned. Learned. he was like, learned. look, I'm a little bitch, yeah. so I'm gonna go at Swarm. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, that second escape is so well planned, and, like, that's when he starved himself or ate less and got through the ceiling, followed the duct or whatever to that apartment of one mm-hmm. of the jailers, broke out through the closet. Like, it's just so... And, and he did trial runs. And prisoners made comments that he was doing trial runs and no one listened to them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. just crazy. And that escape scared the shit out of everybody when they finally realized he was gone. Yeah. Like, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, they're all like, is he, where is he going? Is he staying here? Is he going to Utah? Is he going? Like, no one knew. And all of those departments were reaching out to Bundy's friends and family, like, basically threatening him as one of them. Yeah, one of the yeah they said they were threatening oh, him, being like, you need to tell us tell where he going. is or yeah. I'm going to bring you in right now. Like, And I'm pretty sure that, that during that escape, he called Ann Rule. But, like, didn't talk to her, and, like, she, but she sensed that it was him, and there was just someone on the other line breathing, and, like, she just knew, she knew it was Ted, and she said, Ted, is that you? And then it, like, disconnected. Yeah. Just pretty, just pretty crazy. There was, when that part was going on, they're, like, showing all those pictures of Ted as they're talking about his escape, and I turned to Amanda, and he, like, had this smile, and I go, he looks like the Burger King dude. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> just, and I've seen the burning dude with my own eyes in person. Just no. dead inside. Terrifying. <laughs> I was working in a haunted house at the time and I was scared of him. Uh, Terrifying. Inspired so by Ted Bundy. God. Oh man. And he makes a comment too changing one's identity isn't terribly difficult at all. Yeah. I which, wrote about that too. Creating yeah. an identity. Which is what he did. Like he just his whole he, life. His whole life. That's that same, like he was always looking for approval. He was always it's kind of like when um like it's in certain people when they're doing interrogations and the police are asking them leading questions where they mm. say like, Well, did they do this? And then they start going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a Chris Watts thing where he's like killing he did he did he kill her or whatever but then somebody brings up um was she killing was she doing something to the babies right and you oh, he's yeah. looking was she at them the children yeah was she abusing mm-hmm. them and then you caught her and then and he's like yeah 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 like it's like it's like he's looking mm. he's seeking for that Ooh, approval to that's this a good thing. one i'll take that yeah mm-hmm. that's what it felt like he was doing is that like he had no real personality so then he was like cool i'll just be like the guy that that got me through all this stuff and I'll be the guy that the media is saying because he he knew the the Walter Cronkite guy was mm-hmm. that who it was so mm-hmm. he's like hey Walt or whatever he said but like he knew all the news people he knew all the people that were around because he was watching himself because I'm sure those police officers let him watch TV oh yeah. yeah well and they were saying he probably like if he could keep newspaper clippings of himself he does he like or he did yeah. if he could well and like him not having like a real identity and being all these different things makes his actions make so much sense because he's organized, yet he's not. Mm-hmm. He is handsome, yet looks like nothing. He is all these things 
he's at both extremes. Mm -hmm. He's two extremes all the time. And how can one be that if it's not, you know, I have to pretend to be something all the time. So that's why I'm, I can't make up my mind. I, mm -hmm. My personality is, is non-existent. It's multiple things because I'm making it up as I go along. Right. Man, and just the amount of distress and chaos that he just ensued after that, the uh, Chi Omega attack. Mm. And he was there. Like, the Oaks is right down the way from that place. So when the helicopters, all these things are going on after mm -hmm. he's committed those, uh, the murder of the two girls, the attack on the other two, and then the attack on the other girl, like, all in that area, he's listening listening to the helicopters, listening to the cop cars, and he's just right there. Like, ugh, 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 it's just, ugh. Also, big ups for technology for uh, getting better to the point that, like, we can know about some crazy thing on the news that happens in Florida, like, now. Right. Like, we don't have to wait for a local news story to break. Well, like, we do, obviously, but we don't have to wait for the local news story to become, like, CNN news. It yeah. can just get shared to us at some point because it was crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of their local news were the only people talking about him. And then, so then, like, you know, there's all this other stuff to watch on TV and whatever. Mm -hmm. So they, like, we just didn't know that it was the same dude going around because there was no way for those local news networks to, like, coincide. They showed footage of those newsrooms. They're insane. And yeah. they're tiny little TVs and all the wires and stuff. It must have been a total pain in the ass to yeah. just get some news from another place that wasn't your own network. Right. And there was that one news station that was across the street yes. from Chi Omega. From Chi Omega. Yeah. yeah. They were like, whoa. Uh, what, what is what? happening? Yeah. What is happening? The place happening? is full and it's got just people everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, technology's changed a lot and like, they also made a comment how everything had to get sent through the mail, right? Yes. It's all postal stuff. Postal mail, whatever. And like, now it's a lot faster to send information but that was part of the issue too is it was hard to get a hold of everybody and mm. share information the correct way. Ugh, and then after all that madness, he runs and then he gets Kimberly, his last victim, which is heartbreaking. She's 12. 12 yeah. years old. Ugh. 12. <laughs> the guy goes, it was a real whodunit. Like that, I just, oh, it makes me angry. Like, okay, a 12-year-old, it's a real whodunit. Who done yeah. this tale? He'd been gone for 45 days. Like, so long. And some change, right? Like, he's mm -hmm. gone for even a little bit more than that before he even gets caught. And like... It's just so upsetting. Um, and he could change his face so easily. Like, you see that. They showed that picture of, like, all his different faces, right? Like, yeah. the many faces of mm -hmm. Bundy. <laughs> well, that was, like, going way back a little bit to uh, to the park. They had, mm -hmm. like, seven eyewitnesses, and none of them picked Bundy out of the lineup. Yeah. Right. Because he, like, just looked just normal enough. Just normal enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, when that happened, I, I turned to, to you guys and I was like, he could have been a Disney prince. He could be any face. He could be yeah, any one of those faces. He could just be anything that he molds himself to be. Well, it always seems like he was trying to give everybody else what they wanted out of him. Like, mm. he was always kind of trying to be the most enjoy, like, if somebody wanted him to be really charming and cool or, like, if they were trying to build him up to be, like, that one press conference or whatever where oh, the guy yeah, was the indictment. Yeah, like, Ugh. like he, if they were building the stage for him to be the way that he was when he was there. Like, he was doing exactly what they wanted him to do. Like, or be the most entertaining or, you know, trying to get all this attention. Yeah, well, that's, that whole moment is about that on everyone's end, right? Mm -hmm. It's a show for Ted. It mm -hmm. was a show for Ken. That It was a show. It was... 
he like okay you got the indictment and not only did you get it you got to make sure everybody knows right i got it florida got it yeah. florida got you and ted's going to play his part because ted plays the game right. so of course he's going to come back and like also play along and be a fool and like make a big deal about stuff and share his case and i should speak too and all, like that they're just too Two prideful dickheads fighting each other. Like, that's what's happening. Everybody's oh, bragging. Totally. And it's like, it makes me wonder with Ted, like, who is he when no one's around? Yeah. You know? Yeah, does everyone have their indictments just, like, read uh, on the news? Like, <laughs> no. Um, no. No? Okay. No, he just was, you know, he had just started getting famous enough that that... I, there's sometimes, like, when there's press conferences like that about a crime that I'm like, why do I need to know any of this? Like, why is this my business as a person on, and you know, on the West Coast about something that happens on the East Coast that, like, you know, there's a lot of terrible things that happen every single day. Sometimes, yeah. like, not everybody needs to know all the things happening all the time everywhere. Well, like, I can't do anything about it. Wh- <laughs> why, why is it that certain cases are talked about more than others, right? It's the drama of it all. Who mm-hmm. are the key players? What do they look like? Are yeah. they attractive? What's mm-hmm. the story? It's all entertainment. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that the same thing happened with this Dr. Sam Shepard case. It was a drama in that whole thing because, oh, it was this good-looking doctor and his wife is murdered mm-hmm. and all the media got involved and it was a trial by media. And that's, you know, the Ted Bundy stuff too. Media was all over this. Mm-hmm. And the headlines were just the ridiculous. Like, it, it's trial by media. Perfect for a manic depressive person or a manic <sighs> bipolar person who who doesn't um, doesn't have anyone helping him out. Like, Mm-mm. there's tons of manic bipolar people that don't kill and rape corpses. Yes, you right. know. Yep. Yes. You know. Yeah. Those Sometimes. two things are not mutually. They are not at all. No, man. And like, not. it's not even what he had. Like, we can't. We are not. You know, uh, qualified to give any sort of diagnosis. Nor do we want to. It's no. just. It's no. just an interesting thought experiment of like, what if there was more going on there than just like, he's a monster and a bad man, and that's a bad man. Like, sh- he made bad choices. He made some really weird, messed up, terrible choices. Mm-hmm. Um, to that which leads you to wonder like. Was there more going on there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there is, like... How does one person get to this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were plenty of professionals who did state that there was more going on. But, you know... They, they were, did. like, directly working with him and uh-huh. hanging out with him and stuff. Like, yep. just that had more intimate time with him than any one of us or anybody that read the news or, you know... Yeah. And, like, those were the people that said, hey, he shouldn't represent himself in court. Mm-hmm. Hey, he shouldn't do that stuff. He wasn't even a lawyer. He did not finish law school. Right. Why was he even a co-counselor or representing himself at all? Why was he beginning to play lawyer? No, In no world should he have ever been able to do any of that for multiple reasons. Yep. He just was able to charm himself into whatever, even though it was like a madman. Yeah. Like, it was like, it's following a madman. So, you know, whether these lawyers thought like, well, I'll still get paid. You know, like, Ugh. I don't know what they thought. Like, what do they yeah. think at the end of the day with that? Like, they were just as exhausted and, and frustrated. Yeah. So it's like, why did you stay? Yeah, and the, the prosecution attorney made a comment about how he was like, oh, I had to figure out how I was going to convince the jury. Yeah, right. And I went, convince? Shouldn't you have enough evidence to just prove it? You, there should be no convincing. There should be no reasonable doubt. However, there was, mm-hmm. but it was good storytelling and lack of evidence, but good storytelling did not play in Ted's favor, and none of that should have happened. The Especially with the, the Chi Omega house stuff, they had the, the bite mark, which should not have been strong evidence right. at all, because we, we talked about that in the other episode, about how bite marks 
more times than not get people who are completely innocent into the wrong situations and wrongfully convicted and all that stuff. And then there was the positive ID was their other like big thing. The, the girl from Kyle Omega who saw him come back, but like didn't really see a lot of stuff. And uh, it reminded me of this quote that I like um, when and anytime someone talks about positively IDing someone, you know, cause your memory changes, you make up things. She saw Ted. She'd seen Ted, so maybe that's what happened. Who knows? I don't know, but there's this quote, and it's, memory is a complicated thing, a relative to truth, but not its twin. Mm-hmm. As Barbara Kingsolver said that, and it's like, yeah, memories, we can remember things, but we never actually remember them correctly. Mm-hmm. There's always something that is wrong or different, and then it changes hours later. Like, that's why none of that stuff should ever play major factors for like serious reasons, sure we can talk about it and it can be something that's like we can consider this, but it's not fact because your memory changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your memory changes, and also like it's also a lot based off of how you feel in the moment as well. Yeah, and they've done so many studies on like having six people watch a car accident and having all six of those people tell them what happened in the car accident, and all six of them telling them a completely different story about how they saw that car accident. So mm-hmm. six people can see the same thing, but have different perspectives on that subject um they can think that you know the car accident the guy was drinking but it's only maybe because he pulled the u-turn when he wasn't supposed to Mm. or you know and or maybe they can say like oh yeah clearly like um it actually was a few days ago um me and my partner were driving and all we saw were cars stop and then there was a man lying in the road and a scooter underneath the car Mm-hmm. So immediately I'm like, cool. And I just pick up my phone. I call 911. We pull over and then I, I get out and um, he's squeezing his fists and he's breathing. So that's fine. But I was like, there's blood underneath his head. And my partner was like, I don't think there's blood under his, under his head. I was like, I remember because I went, is that blood? No, that's just wetness. That's blood though. And the guy had blood under his head and was calling 911, all that kind of stuff. And it was like, I heard there was like four other people kind of there. There was like the guy who, who, hit him when in reality didn't hit him someone had said that they saw the scooter go up and then out into the street out into the street like it was on the sidewalk someone else said that the car hit the dude someone else like there was like four people there i didn't see what happened all i did was call 911 and i was like too many chefs i'm out like i'm just making sure that paramedics are on their way i didn't see it i'm not helpful and Mm -hmm. no don't call me i'm anonymous leave me alone like (laughs) you need help but like it's that kind of like so many people had a different version of what they saw because all they saw was like legs, scooter, then dude in the street mm-hmm. and a scooter mm-hmm. under a car. But then someone else said they saw him hit the wall first and then fall into the street. So it's like, what happened? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nuts. Uh, in a not not real situation, my friend told, told me that she went to a camp and it was like for uh, this sort of crime stuff. Like that's what the camp was for. And so they're all like in the cafeteria or whatever and they're like having lunch. It's like, oh, we're here now and it's very exciting. And then all of a sudden someone comes in and like starts shooting up the place, right? And like this whole thing happens. And then, because it's all scenario, but they didn't know it was going to happen. Then they started interviewing everybody and everybody told a different story mm-hmm. about what happened. Because mm-hmm. that's, when people your just brain see different fo- Yeah, and your brain focuses on different things in no. the moment. It, mm-hmm. it, we will all pick the thing that is important to us to remember. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, based off of like our experiences, what we've been through, like what yeah. is something, you know, I love this color. So of course I saw the blue color on the thing and mm-hmm. yeah. Right, mm-hmm. or oh, when they walked in, I noticed their hair because X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't trust that I said their hair was brown and bushy and then Brenna said they were wearing a blue shirt and then Nicole said they were wearing green shoes, but which of us remembered correctly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, pfft. 
So, yeah, with that case, the, the guy totally undermined that one possible eyewitness of Ted mm-hmm. at the house. Right. So the whole thing was turned upside down. Yeah, which yeah. was great for Ted's case. And then Ted tried to fire him. <laughs> right. <sighs> that poor girl, too. They're like, did you see his eyebrows? Did you see his eyelashes? And yeah. she's like, I saw... I saw what I saw. Like, she seemed very just like, come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him, and my brain put that there. Because your brain is going Mm -hmm. to be like, what is that figure? Let me put something there that makes sense. Wait, the thing that makes sense doesn't make sense. You're someone new. Mm -hmm. But by the time it was was too late when Mm -hmm. he was gone, she only got that little bit of a glimpse. Mm -hmm. But that whole, like, court shenanigans, I don't know, that whole thing. Dude, if I... Let me tell you, if I was, if my family or friend was murdered in that sorority house and I was sitting in the courtroom mm. and I was hearing everybody having their two, the the judge and uh, Ted Bundy doing their two-man improv scene, oh, like, I would have had a, st- I think I would have thrown up, like, I would have had a stroke. Because I would have been like, do you know this man killed I mean, Upwards at that point, of 30 women. Right. But like at that point, no one knew, right? They didn't even know who this guy was. He wasn't, he, Ted was like trying to not be him for a long time. And then it took a while for them right. to find out it was Ted. And like, yeah, so like maybe we're aware of the fact that he's done all those crimes and everything. And there were some women coming in to like watch because they were, you know, trying he to get some. He doesn't look like a killer. Yeah. It's Ew. like, that's the point. Yeah. You got it. it. You figured, you did it. it yeah. You're right. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. But yeah, this the two man improv scene of them like goofing around with each other. I was like, oh my god, like he killed, he killed people. Come on, come on, man. Well, and, then yeah. it, and then the proposal, like, oh, are during we, Kimberly's during case. Kimberly's trial, yeah. what the hell, right? It's just, are we in a farce? What is this? Mm. This is people's actual lives that we are talking about right. here. This is important. Yeah, this is important. Exactly. Yeah, this is something that matters to not you, Ted, or you, whatever your Carol name Boone. is, Carol. Like, with the... Uh, Daniel Boone. It, <laughs> even during the, like, Kyle Omega stuff, when, when all that was happening, the improv scene that you're talking about, I mean, the judge also sees that stuff is going on, but is acting more like a dad scolding a kid. It's because he's not, he's not, um, sorry, he's not intimidated. Yeah. They don't find him scary. No. He's just Ted. Just Ted, man. No. Just Ted, no big deal. Not really realizing, because none of them have ever been victimized by a man like him. Yeah. Right. So they don't have, it's not, and that's not me going like, man, don't get it. It's like... How the hell are you supposed to understand if it's never happened? Mm-hmm. How the hell, how could that judge possibly really truly understand unless that's happened? And yeah, we can say like, he's seen a lot of murderers though. And it's like, okay, but like, yes. And he had one right in front of him and wasn't treating him the same way. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing here? Goofing and gaffing. Goofing and gaffing. Joshing around. Yeah, and with in that one, I mean, he is found guilty and he's sentenced to death, right? He gets the, the death penalty in that, despite the fact that there's reasonable doubt in that one. Mm-hmm. The Kimberly case, I do believe, is much stronger, right? There's a lot more evidence that links him mm-hmm. to Kimberly. Like, that one, I am more, like, I focus on that one a little bit more as far as, like, what his crimes are, because that one, he could be tied to so much stronger. 
And like, that's the moment where he's like, I'm gonna marry Kirsten, my last, what else can I do to make dramatics happen and like steal the spotlight and be entertaining? And stall, that's what stall, he did. stall, 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 stall. And that's the one where he compares himself to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's like, he sh- that d- the jury is like, and now you're done. Cause maybe there was doubt in our minds at first, but then you did that, now you're done. And that's when he has outbursts. That's when he really starts showing his outbursts in court. That's is what that, that picture's from, where he's like, raw, like that yelling one. Was that the one or was it the first one where? He had the guy tell him about the crime scene in detail. That's the first one. The that's first the Chi Chi Omega Omega one. Yeah, yeah, where he was like, "Tell me all about what you saw." Yeah, like multiple times asking questions. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, but then what? But the yeah. more detail when you first Keep arrived going. on the scene, as yeah. much as details you can remember. How uncomfortable that whole thing was. How weird. And then the judge is like, "You were, re- you could have been a real good dude and could have yeah. practiced law and might like get take care of yourself, jerk." Like the whole thing. Ted can't take care of himself. He cannot. Mm-mm. He needs professional help. He cannot take care of himself. He couldn't even, like, human, like, take care of himself. No. Like, do daily, everyday things, like, all the time. <laughs> and then that's when he, like, started talking about how he didn't feel any guilt. He didn't feel anything. Another sign of something going on. But... It, that's the same question I go back to. Mm-hmm. Like, who was he when no one else was around for him to manipulate? Mm-hmm. Like, when he wasn't getting his juice. Getting his juice. His bad boy juice. He wasn't becoming the crime scene star, as yeah. some media called him. Oh. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And, they, you know, got to the point, everybody got sick of him. It's it's like an oversaturation that by that time, it took a minute, but he was mm-hmm. everywhere. Everywhere. And he never changed. He got worse. Like, but he was always that, like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look mm-hmm. at me. And he people were buying into it, buying into it. And then they got over it. And then they got over it. But he never changed. He just exhausted everybody. But what was neat, too, like, with all of this, a lot of things changed, right? Like, we start, that's, like, when the creation of profiles really started mm-hmm. happening with the FBI. They were going in and talking to people. They talked to Ted. They did a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff. Serial killers were finally becoming, like, known and becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Even though they had been existing, they're not a new thing. We just started finding them. Right. We started seeing what was going on. Ted brought a lot of it to light. But, like, they, someone referred to him as uh, the Jack the Ripper of the United States, and I laughed in my head because I'm like, no, 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 that was H.H. Holmes, who literally, there is a theory that he is Jack the Ripper, and that's from the 1890s. Right. So, Mm. he killed hundreds of women in his hotel. We just didn't talk about it yet. We weren't there yet. So, Mm. like, again, this stuff, a lot of things that happened during Ted's trial is because that's all they knew at the time. They did the best they could at the time, and now we've learned more. And that case probably would have been handled completely different now than it was then, for sure. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah, you're right, you're right. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully the manic, the bipolar manic stuff would have been taken a little bit more seriously. His signs that were happening, the acting out in court, you know, before he met old Sparky and, like, he started doing all those confessions, you know, he started doing all this stuff, grasping at straws. And I think that if he wasn't in Florida, those confessions would have kept him alive a little bit longer, but Florida wasn't having it, right? They didn't, they didn't care. They didn't care at all. And... No one came forward wanting to hear more because everyone was terrified. But, like, Colorado, their last execution was in 97. They've actually abolished it now. Like, they don't even do executions in Colorado mm-hmm. anymore. So if he would have stayed in Colorado, who knows? He might just be living his days out in jail, right? Never have gotten executed. Yeah. Who knows? If we would have... And I know that people go, it's a tax. Like, to, I don't want my taxes to keep those... I've heard this as an argument, is that they don't want their taxes to, to keep uh, death row inmates alive. Um, but... Honestly, if the prison system wasn't so messed up already and if we weren't putting people away for, like, petty crimes that don't really mean anything, like marijuana charges when it's, like, legalized and all that stuff now, Mm -hmm. then 
you wouldn't be paying your taxes for people that shouldn't be in jail. Like, right. that's what mm-hmm. we need to be worried about. Not yeah. necessarily, like, oh, this man killed 36 women and probably more people. Put him yeah, to death. Yeah, I'd Instead, put some money like, down to keep him in prison. Keep him in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if we know that people that are actually supposed to be in prison that's are in prison. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. who deserves to be there and needs to be there for the safety of you know, yeah, the public. Totally. And if prison was handled the way that it's supposed to be, which is a reform, oh, reform. which is not what it does right. no. at all, at all, no. not even, not even a little bit, not even a little, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, the fact that weed's been legalized in so many places and still we're dragging our feet on just letting those people out mm-hmm. after they've been in, you know, it's just, it's, and it's also just a, it's a new form of slavery because they're starting to use them for all sorts of stuff too. So. Yeah. That's been a thing, right? Yeah. yeah no, it would have been, it, you know, if, it would have been better, I guess, to have him alive because also it seemed like the longer and longer he was without people mm-hmm. to manipulate, mm-hmm. the more he was willing to talk about it. Because yes. I don't think when he's alone, he doesn't have a personality, so he doesn't know what to do. Mm. It's probably very torturous. Yeah. Especially because that's when you start thinking about all the shit that you did. Yeah. Yeah. Being alone with your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Being Who are you at the yourself. end of the day in your own mind, you know? Yeah. Like, that's all you have to do is, like, as long as you can go to bed at night in your own head and you can sleep and you're fine and you're keeping your side of the street clean, then you're, then you're great. But if you do a lot of messed up things and keep digging your well deeper, there comes a point Mm. (laughs) that you have to stop doing something to think about it for a minute. You can make choices every day. Ted's choices did end in middle Sparky. Florida baby. Yeah. Florida justice. Colorado just last year, 2020, um, got rid of the death penalty. They were the 22nd state to get rid of it. And hopefully more will follow. But it's just so interesting at the end of it when it started to show all the girls Mm -hmm. um, and the pictures that we don't have. So it has like that image where you can see the girls we know about but then it has Jane Doe, Jane Doe, Jane Doe, yeah, Jane Doe, mm-hmm. Jane Doe. And I think you said it's about half, right? It's like half it's, of yeah, it. Was it by Yeah, Amanda? I just put it into perspective. Yeah. Like that visual for me, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It just we hear the different. Totally. We hear the number and we think that that means we have all of everybody. And that just means that that's just what we know of. Right. So right. far. Yeah. Those families still don't have closure. No. Mm-hmm. No. And like at the time, you know, because there were, there was a moment when like the defense team did ask and beg families to come forward and say, just help us with the appeal. Like do, we can maybe find out more about your, your, your daughters, but they were so angry. They didn't want that. But like, you're angry. There's some other things going on later on down the line. That might be something that you would have liked to know or possibly yeah. known. Right. In hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. Hindsight is 2020. They say. Yeah. Cause at the time, right. You're like, it doesn't bring her back. So right. why does it matter? But that's how you feel that day. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not how you feel long, long term. Yeah, when you've taken time to get outside of yourself and look at it in a bigger mm-hmm. perspective. Healing has to happen a little bit. Some sort of healing in time and space. Yeah. And it's also pretty interesting listening to law enforcement talk about these kind of things. Like, there was the guy, when it came to the Kimberly case, that said he like he cried for the first time since he was a teenager. Oh, and, like, yeah. He said he felt like really good in that moment when he, like, he said he regretted that. In my experience, when I've had conversations with people that are involved with law enforcement or, um families of law enforcement, the verbiage about getting the bad guy is, like, so different. Mm. It's just a different conversation about, oh, I got him. Like, I got him. I, he ran from me, and I got him. There's no, like, what's going on with the other guy. Like, it's all, like, there was a bad guy. Don't worry about it. He's gone now. Like, it's that kind of mm. verbiage. Um, that really frustrating mentality that gets said a lot where it's like, well, if you didn't want to get 
the abuse or the physical thing, the all of the physical altercation, you shouldn't have been doing something that's illegal. Mm. it's that kind of thing where they're like well he ran from me so I went and got him and it's like with Ted it's like they were just so angry about this man doing something Mm -hmm. in a world where we do nothing otherwise Mm -hmm. because we don't do anything to help women like outside of this you know we don't teach boys not to I'm I'm a record you know I'm like definitely (laughs) repeating myself but like we don't teach boys to not attack women we just say women hide yourself from our terrible, awful boys. Learn and how unfair yourself. is that to men? That's yeah. so unfair. How, why? That's so it's so shitty to be a teenage boy and to be treated like you're a s- snarling, drooling beast. So much so that <laughs> girls have to wear shorts that are longer than fingertips. When you come to find out that those rules are not made for you as a fellow student, it's made for the, the male teachers. teachers. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's just like, it's not fair. It's not fair mm-hmm. that they get regarded this way and then it just keeps getting perpetuated. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, makes me think of the execution day. All those people outside, cheering, the signs, getting the drunk, t-shirts. tailgating. Getting drunk, like it's a party. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. And you know, uh, we, you made a comment about like back in the day at the hangings, right? Like was that, was it, was the that guillotine, a big deal? Right. The guillotine things. It was an excuse for, you are saying, everybody to come together. Didn't they even do that in, I mean, it's fantasy, but Game of Thrones where everybody would oh, watch yeah. when they would cut the head off. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. like, it's like a big how-to-do. Classic uh, human stuff. Classic human stuff. There's a part where, like, there's a woman and she just yells, Bap damn time! And the crowd's cheering. And you're still... Someone is still dead. A human being is still dead and you're cheering for someone who has died. It's still sick. At the end of the day, I feel I feel more like... Uh, personally, I feel like it doesn't fix anything. It doesn't. You just didn't fix anything. No. They feel better in that moment. Right. Totally. But, yeah, because yeah, the bat is gone. I stomped out. There was a spider, and the, the Black Widow bit my dog, and I watched it bite my dog and kill my dog, and I smashed the spider. That's, like, what they see it as. Yeah. You know? You're right. No, you're right. It, it doesn't make anything better, because no. now, now Ted... The day, yeah. But, you know, Ted doesn't have to deal with it anymore. Ted <laughs> died and got right. cremated <laughs> and doesn't have to deal with anything anymore, and asks to get his ashes spread in the mountains in which I'm sorry what did they say Brenna oh they said it was they were he, they said uh I want my ashes to be spread uh, across these mountains in Washington cuz that's where I had the best times of my life oh oh and that was where his victims were also also yeah, yeah we yeah. might have found mm-hmm. pieces of mm-hmm. women there that he had what the but Ted gets to do that and now but all those families and all those people all those people who he affected whether directly or indirectly, lives will never be the same. That's not going to go away. That's mm-hmm. why I say murder is so stupid, because now it's just not Ted's problem anymore. No. If you're so mad at somebody that you have to kill them, you didn't teach them a lesson. They right. get to go be... They're dead. <laughs> yeah, they're dead. They get to go be dirt and stardust and flowers or whatever the hell you, you want to believe in. Yeah. But they're that, like that's not their problem anymore. Mm-hmm. You're now their problem. Mm-hmm. So... It makes me, like, you know, there's just people that also believed in, in not putting him to death that are affected now, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, we could have gotten so much more info. Exactly. That's where I'm at. <sighs> it was still fun to watch all that with you guys. It and was. I, I really appreciated yeah. all of us going through this entire month. What a freaking month. What a Oy. freaking month, man. Yeah, right? right? It's just been nutsos. And also fun, though. I, I enjoyed our espresso shot stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, that was, yeah, that was fun doing. Yeah, well, one more. One more espresso shot uh, for this month, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a nice balance, especially for my brain. <laughs> I've been just going down the TED train. Yeah. yeah. It, got, it got real rough. It got, it got real, real dark rough. for Nicole there for a minute. It's all dark. Guys. It's fine. We made uh, it. But it's it's fun in, like, its own weird, twisted way. And, and it's cool to see, like, despite how 
things may have been handled then. We have learned a lot more because of these things, right? Because you learn best when you fail. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yes. It's just unfortunate that Ted had to be the one to fail us. Yeah. He did exactly what he... If anything, hey, he, succeeded. <laughs> he succeeded. Succeeded in failing. Yeah. Succeeded in failing. Oh, man. Beans, thank you for joining us. If you haven't had a chance to watch the documentary, please go check it out. Um, and send us your thoughts. If you've got thoughts or things you want to talk about or questions that pop up or whatever, mm-hmm. please send it to us. We're, we're those friends that want to talk to you about weird murder stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. You can reach out to us. <laughs> Even if you, ha- if you have, like, different opinions on stuff, well, I want to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. I want to hear all yeah. stuff. All opinions are welcome. They are. This is a, this is discussion, conversation, safe space. Like, that's mm-hmm. what this is. We yeah, there's like no about it. wrong Everybody is opinion, welcome. Yeah. yeah, everyone's welcome around this breakfast nook. Yeah, yeah, baby. Heck yeah. Bring your coffee or not. If you don't want to drink coffee, that's also okay. More for us. Yay! <laughs> Bean water. Bring your favorite Bean beverage. Water. <laughs> beverage. And let's beverage. just talk it out. Let's just talk it out, guys. Um, and we will talk it out next Monday. Yes. On <gasps> Morning Mailers. <laughs> Ted. Ted, Ted, Ted. Ted, Ted, Ted. Ted is dead. 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 Ted is we would love to hear about it. Email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. In today's show notes, you can find our cited research as well as a few of our favorite mental health resources. I left this in here. This is mine. You left your DNA just chilling. Oh my god! I could be accused or something. God. Never I leave your DNA anywhere. Has our show taught you nothing, Nicole Murray. It hasn't taught me anything. <laughs> it hasn't taught me anything. Teach what? What? What are we teaching? I was oh, like, she left I left this here. Mm, but I didn't actually lick it, did I? You no, you know I what bet I did. you took I it out and licked it. Because who doesn't? Who doesn't do who that? Who puts a wet little stopper just like down? But isn't like putting it in my mouth and licking it still making it wet? But I mean, it's not like foamy. That's true. You know what I mean? Oh, or sticky. I mean, I it just won't had, be as sticky when it was just it black coffee, shirt. Amanda. It wasn't foamy or sticky. That's true. I, I don't know. The foamy, sticky stuff. <laughs> gross. All right. Gross, gross. I, was, I was like, you guys looking at me like, is she going to say it? Foamy, gross. sticky stuff. Gross. Cool. Well, cool. Now, that, uh, now well, that we're in the mood. Yeah. And now that you've touched <laughs> that a whole bunch, I'm going to take that oh, over there. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole is also the Zodiac killer. She just doesn't know it yet. Oh, God. Wait, I thought I was Ted Bundy no, reincarnate. she's oh. definitely Ted Bundy reincarnate. I don't think Nicole's that much of a idiot to, um... Aww. No. To represent herself in court. You're right. This is true. You're right. I just... I'm not saying it's, like, reincarnate. It's more just, like, she remembers her past life in which she was Ted Bundy, and that's how she's able to report so accurately <laughs> or on Ted Bundy. She is the spirit of a victim. Ooh. And is, this is like the fucking comeuppance. Oh. Oh. The Tedning. The Tedning. Oh, mm. good. Okay. Ted Diaries, Ted Talks, the Tedning. The, the Tedning. Ted that's going to be this one? That's what it's going to be. I have in mind. The Tedning. Ah. The Tedning. I laughed so hard.
freaking hard when I read that first one. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I didn't I tell you guys what was going on. I kind of do it on purpose. I, like, wait till I'm going to update the website to look at what you wrote. And I was like, because <laughs> <laughs> I can <laughs> hear you saying these things. Yes. Yeah. I'm Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of stuff, man. And I am smoking a ton of weed on Weed D&D. On this, I'm yeah. not. I'm just with you guys. Sometimes high enough. What? <laughs> it is. You guys take high on me murder. higher. <laughs> to some murders I can see. Oh, it's like that I can spree. Yeah. <laughs> can you take me higher? Oh God, if I don't write down the name, forget it. I can't remember a normal human name. Yeah. You're gonna give me a name like. Thornicus or whatever to make me remember. But that's what So hell yeah, I'm glad that you took good notes. Yeah. Notes are good. And I I'm am your collective imaginary friend. So yes, that's yeah. <laughs> our zodiac delusion. <laughs> well, I've said too, because we're both different sides of the Aries. So like you and I mm. balance each other as the Aries, and then you're our imaginary friends. That's me. Taurus. 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 Whatever it is. <laughs> whatever. It's whatever. Me. I mean, whatever it is, it's the perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, with you guys. This is true. Perfect. Perfect. All right, let's talk about this dumb, stupid fuck face of a turd. Gosh. Turd blossom. Turd blossom. Hold on. Robot. Oh my god. It's gonna get really turdy. Hold on, I'm gonna open my water and make all my noises. Oh, I should open my water. Oh god! Okay. (laughs) I painted that water with my coolest stickers. Totinos? 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 I think I'm a vegan. What? <laughs> were, you, were you as a child? Yes. Tostitos. No. Pizza rolls. I thought Pizza Tostitos rolls. was the was the the salsa. Oh yeah, that's the salsa. They can't be and both. Tostinos. I don't think so. I don't know. Too like they there's um, was I think Jamila Jamil did a whole thing about oh. like Jennifer Lawrence like how everybody hated Jennifer Lawrence for no reason for a while because she was in every movie she was on the cover of every magazine and it was like. You would just be at the grocery store walking by, and you'd see, like, Jennifer Lawrence, blah. And so, like, you'd get these, like, subconscious thoughts about her in your mind. Even though, like, she's just a lady. She's yes. just a lady who wears a blue outfit and Katniss Everdeen. Like, who gives a shit? Katniss like, yeah. Everdeen. Like, who cares? Like, had a good career. Or, like, Taylor cool. Swift. That happened with Taylor Swift, too, where, like, for some reason we had to know every single person she's dating. It's, like, all over the place. <laughs> so then by the end of the day, we're like, fuck Taylor Swift. And you're like, why? And you're like... I don't know. I just don't like her. You know, like I don't you know. know. I don't know. I just I just don't like her. I don't know. Like so, they're all different because it's their own. But they're businesses. Yes, they're independent. Private business. Yeah, they're private, private business. They're the tongue twister for you. Right. Crazy. It sucks to suck. It sucks to suck. Do this. Kai. Are we ready? Damn it. Are we ready? Yeah. No. All right. Oh. All right. Now I am. Okay. Good. Oh. Oh. Ladies. Yes. Amanda. 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 Mr. Amanda. Amanda. Mr. Amanda. Mr. Amanda. Brennana. Talk about this anal cavity. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> An anal cavity. Man, that's a, yeah, he is. He is a crevasse. Oh man. There's a lot of things that he is and isn't. Anyways. Alive is one of them. Alive is one of them. <laughs> For he is not.